This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's Monday, February 1st. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. Childhood obesity is an ongoing problem that has only been made worse by the pandemic. The huge disruptions to the regular school year has impacted the amount of movement school kids are engaging in, as well as their diets, and it could have a lasting effect on their health. Kids tend to gain weight over the summer when there's no school, and for many, the pandemic has been similar to a 10-month summer break. Furthermore, some of the most nutritious meals many kids were eating were in school settings. Sam Block, staff writer at The Counter, joins us for more. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me. I wanted to bring you on to talk about child obesity crisis that started before the pandemic has been made much worse over this time. It's kind of a, one of these things where one healthcare crisis is exacerbating another. And we're hearing a lot from pediatricians saying that a lot of their patients, kids obviously are coming in and their charts are increasingly pushing them into the obesity category. And a lot of this is, can be tied to schools, kids being out of school, school lunch programs, which are super important in all of this. So Sam, tell us a little bit about this. You mentioned the childhood obesity crisis was a problem before the pandemic. According to the most recent data that the federal government has, a little over 19% of school-aged children are obese, and there are some predictions that that will rise, the extent to which is not known yet. But I spoke with a researcher who studies summer weight gain. He looks into what happens when kids are out of school, and he figured that if kids were out of school for five months this year, the national obesity rate would rise by another 4%. So that's just five months of typical out-of-school activity, and that's related mostly to uh, poor diet because kids aren't getting the healthy, nutritious foods that they normally eat during the school year, and also, surprisingly, sedentary activity. Right. I think a lot of people tend to think of summer as a time when we're running around at the beach or playing sports, but kids actually spend more time in front of screens when they're out of school. So between the inferior diet and the sedentary activity, the summer has a lot of similarities to the pandemic, 
And again, this prediction that the obesity rate is going up 4%, it's just a prediction. No one really knows what's going to happen, but that's just for five months out of school. We've now been out of school for 10 months, and we have these extenuating circumstances like um, rising food insecurity and poverty. So pediatricians, public health experts, even some dietitians I spoke to for my story are afraid that this could get really bad. Start me off with some of the pediatricians and dietitians you've talked to and tell me about what they're seeing in their patients. So I spoke to pediatricians in the Bay Area. Uh, I spoke to one in Portland. I spoke to one in Minneapolis. Their stories are very similar. They have patients who are coming in who are, you know, as young as, say, five, six, seven years old, who used to be in the 25th percentile for their body mass index. So that's a way of gauging your relative height and weight. And they went from the 25th percentile to, in a matter of months, the 75th percentile. Now, being in the 75th percentile isn't itself a problem, but when you gain that much weight over such a short period of time, that worries them. That's one pediatrician. Another one told me they had patients who were going into the 85th percentile where you're clinically overweight, into the 95th percentile where you're clinically obese. Some were telling me they saw kids who were putting on 10 or 20 pounds since the pandemic started in March. I spoke to one who said that she had a patient, an 11-year-old girl, I believe, who put on 40 pounds during wow. the pandemic. As kids are growing, they should be gaining weight. But when you're gaining that much weight so quickly, pediatricians worry that that, that could have adverse health effects and that they're not going to lose that weight as they get older. We've been hearing about coverage about this throughout the pandemic, the quarantine 15, you know, people kind of uh, jokingly giving it that name, you know, but if that's happening with normal adults, people who can take care of themselves, et cetera, et cetera. It's also happening to our children and it's diet is part of that. And this is kind of where a lot of school lunch programs really come into focus and how important it is both on, you know, kids actually getting meals, but also the nutritional part of it. I think this is what drew me to the story was just hearing from people who are concerned, not so much about quote unquote empty bellies, but the quality of the food that kids were eating in America starvation usually isn't the consequence of poverty, it's obesity. And part of the reason why people are so concerned about kids missing school meals is that for, I think, 22 million school children who live near the poverty line, school lunch is actually some of the healthiest food that they can get. Now, you and I, we probably grew up at a time when school lunch wasn't so healthy. We're probably thinking about sloppy joes and you know, fatty. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. But but that changed during the Obama administration. And at the time, you know, I think there were a lot of jokes, a lot of thanks to Michelle Obama about school food that looked pretty unappetizing. Yeah. You're but right. the fact is these school lunch changes have impacted child health for the better. Kids who eat school lunch have to eat a certain amount of fruit every day, a range of vegetables from leafy greens to legumes. They have to eat breads, pastas, and muffins, and other grains that are made with at least 50% whole grain flour, uh, which is richer in dietary fiber, so it helps the body, um, it helps keep down body weight. School lunches also had to cut back on saturated fats and conform to age-specific limits on calories and sodium. That's part of an effort to drive down hypertension in teenagers. And again, all of these changes, the evidence is suggesting that this has impacted child health for the better. Kids who eat school meals every day consume more fruits and vegetables fewer fats and sugars, they have better diets, lower weight, lower rates of unhealthy weight gain. And as an epidemiologist told me, it's not just that school lunch is healthier than it used to be, it's healthier than a bag lunch brought from home. And now enter the pandemic, remote learning, you know, how do you even feed kids that are not co going to school? 
And on the other side of things, cafeteria workers and whatnot, they're not actually cooking a lot of these meals anymore because of the way these rules have changed. So now they're doing a lot of prepackaged processed foods, which could be worse for these diets. And it's important to remember that the cafeteria workers who have been putting together these meals for kids who aren't even in classrooms a lot of the time, they deserve a lot of credit and they deserve a lot of praise for being on the front lines to help these children. That said, there are some very real changes to the way they're able to put together these meals. You know, staffing is down. There were a lot of rules initially that were about the safety of even cooking in the first place. It was thought that, you know, packaged meals wrapped in plastic were going to be safer to transmit and safer to distribute. And as a result of a lot of these federal waivers that have just made it easier for cafeteria staff to put bag lunches together, to go on routes and delivering meals, you don't have the hot, nutritious, scratch-cooked meals that kids normally have in the cafeteria. You don't have the salad bars, which a few dietitians told me made them really sad. You know, that for years they'd spent time working on kids, kind of training and convincing them to get into leafy greens and legumes and vegetables they wouldn't normally like by giving them the option of going to salad bars. That's all gone now. You have a lot of frozen foods. You have a lot of shelf-stable foods, processed foods, frozen burritos, salty snacks, chips, fruit juice, vegetable juice, things that aren't bad per se, but if that's in place of the healthy, nutritious meal that you used to eat, kids are missing out on a lot of nutrients this year. And And again, this change was made to make it easier to feed kids. So what are the challenges going forward? I mean, there's a lot of long-term consequences because of this. Um, You know, what are those consequences and what are health officials, what are schools trying to do to remedy that? The long-term consequences, I think, you know, the dietitians that I spoke to who worked on revamping school meals after the Obama reforms, one long-term consequence might be that kids are going to lose their taste for vegetables and they're just going to sort of revert back to starchy potatoes and, and salty snacks and, and uncrustables and Pop-Tarts. The other is the more serious consequence of childhood obesity because 67% of kids who are obese at five years old will be obese at 50 and 90% of obese adolescents will remain obese adults. And when you become an obese adult, you have higher risk for conditions like diabetes and hypertension, potentially fatal medical events like heart attacks and strokes. So this all just kind of adds up and we worry, and when I say we, I mean the public health experts and the epidemiologists I talk to, worry about the long-term health consequences of this, I guess, generation of pandemic kids. In terms of what we can do about that, obesity has so many causes. There's no one silver bullet. Yes, the changes to school meals, and yes, the fact that kids are missing these school meals and eating other food at home uh, is contributing to it. It's not the only thing that's contributing to it, but if we do want to attack and work on the diet piece, I heard over and over again that the main thing that schools have to do is return to these Obama-era standards for for nutrition and for what goes in meals. Your uh, listeners may know that at the very end of his administration, Donald Trump uh, was able to push through rules to roll back, I'm sorry, he pushed through rules that rolled back restrictions on on whole grains and sodium and flavored milk. People want those all to return. They want meals to be healthier again. Um, And when kids do return to school, I kept hearing from people, it's going to be more important than ever to realize that school is a place of learning, but it's also a place where bodies grow and we need to recenter and think about kids' health as part of what what they gain and what they they lose when they're out of school. The big disruptor of our lives right now, the pandemic. So we're going to be studying this for some time to come. 
we're going to learn from it. And I hope that we get better policies out of it because, you know, we've always had this child obesity crisis, especially, uh, you know, more recently. And, and for this to kind of make it worse, uh, you know, just keep setting us back. So hopefully we can get a handle on all of that. Sam Block, staff writer at The Counter. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.